0: Chapter 9 of the Subjection of Isabel Carnaby. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. The Subjection of Isabel Carnaby by Ellen Thornycroft Fowler. Chapter 9. Gabriel the Priest which sunday dawned fair and bright and the vernacre party duly to church repaired at the appointed hour lord wrexham was a man who regularly attended divine worship every sunday morning and there was a general impression abroad at vernacre though he never expressed it in words that he expected his guests to do likewise for nacre church was a rare and perfect specimen of norman architecture and as isabel seaton sat in the beautiful and ancient edifice and watched the sunlight pouring through the old stained windows upon the brows of the stone crusaders lying asleep upon their tombs the atmosphere of the prayers of countless generations stole into her soul and filled it with a great peace for long centuries the incense of prayer had risen up to heaven from this little western temple and now she too was adding her humble petitions to the unbroken chain of ceaseless supplication she too was saying her amens to the age-long intercessions of departed saints for a time the overpowering influence of an historic church seized her and held her in its grasp the hymn of praise which she was now singing had been begun in jerusalem on this very day nearly nineteen centuries ago and it would sound on down the ages yet to come until it was at last merged in that new song thundering upon mount zion which no man could learn save those which were redeemed from the earth and had the father's name written in their foreheads there had been no break in the continuity of that song no pause in the uplifting of those prayers no extinguishing of that sacred fire which was first kindled by the eleven tongues when the apostles were all with one accord in one place now alas the disciples of the master are no longer in one place with one accord the primitive state of unity has long gone by there have been strifes and persecutions where there should have been love and peace yet the chain of prayer and praise remains unbroken and intact although even devout men are apt to forget that though there is but one church there are divers forms of utterance in that church and that it is still given to each of us to hear every man in his own tongue wherein he was born the wonderful works of god when the sermon began isabel attuned herself to listen for she was ever athirst like the athenians of old to hear some new thing but it turned out to be one of those discourses which george herbert had in his mind's eye when he said god takes a text and preacheth patience so isabel's thoughts were driven back upon herself and her patient meditations took a personal turn she thought of herself and paul and of how their future life was going to shape itself she dwelt with regret half tender and half humorous upon her husband's wonderful power of seeing only one side of a question and that always the brighter side she did not as yet understand that it is the men that see only one side of a question who have most power in convincing other men that it is the enthusiast rather than the wiseacre who removes mountains and wins battles the wise men have their place in the world the world could not roll on comfortably without them but we do not place them in the forefront of the battle nor entrust them with the leadership of forlorn hopes it is the old heads that watch and guard and counsel and advise but it is the young shoulders that push and jostle and make their way through the crowd isabel loved her husband with all her heart and reverenced him with all her soul but she had not yet passed the final and most difficult test of wifely submission namely the conviction that he knew better than she did a conviction which if not always supported by facts must invariably count for righteousness to the woman who is imbued with it to isabel's easy good-humoured cynicism paul's almost boyish adherence to his ideals appeared visionary and unpractical it seemed like believing in fairies and witches and gnomes the difference between their two natures while it intensified their love made it difficult for them to understand each other and yet each character had its compensations paul believed in the ideal side of human nature more than isabel did his world was more densely peopled with heroes and saints than was hers yet on the other hand his very belief in humanity made him hard upon it when it failed and fell short whilst she cherished an abundant tolerance towards all the faults and weaknesses of her fellows the denizens of isabel's world were not heroes nor saints ordinary men and women therefore she was neither angry nor disappointed when they comported themselves according to their kind but paul it must be admitted was sometimes both after indulging in sundry half-humorous half-pathetic regrets over paul's singleness of eye and blindness of heart as she considered them isabel's thoughts flew to the possible governorship of tasmania as the one safe refuge from the dangers and follies which assailed her husband there he would be safe for a while and would have time to learn that wisdom which only time can teach and it would not only be a safe city of refuge it would be a glorious palace of delights isabel had been very happy out in india long ago with sir benjamin and lady farley and she had ever since looked upon the life of a colonial governor as the most perfect form of earthly existence possible bar one the one thing more utterly delightful than the life of a colonial governor being the life of a colonial governor's wife to feel that such a lot was practically within her grasp made her almost dizzy with happiness it would be the realisation of her most cherished castles in the air the fulfilment of her wildest dreams she could imagine nothing else on earth that she should enjoy so much as thus playing at being a queen it would suit her artistic nature and her dramatic instincts down to the ground she thought and she revelled in the contemplation of the mere possibility of it and isabel was not the only one who saw visions in the old village church on that summer sunday morning fabia also dreamed Dreams. she was sitting near to the tomb of one of the ancient lords of vernacre who wore upon his helmet the head of a saracen maid and fabia recalled the story of this old crusader which his descendant had related to her on the preceding evening sir godfrey de wrexham had been taken prisoner by the saracens soon after he joined the first crusade and the daughter of his captor a saracen maid of great beauty saw the english knight and fell in love with him secretly she visited him in his dungeon and offered to effect his escape on condition that he would take her with him back to england as his wife the temptation was great but sir godfrey was a man of honour and he therefore confessed to the lady that he was already betrothed to one of his own countrywomen and was bound should he ever returned to england to marry that lady so that escape upon the terms now offered was impossible but the moorish girl boasted that most precious of all possessions an absolutely unselfish love and she still effected the escape of the knight and sent him back to england to marry his lady-love which he accordingly did and lived happy ever after but he henceforth wore as his crest the head of a saracen maid in token of his gratitude and as fabia vipart looked at the crest upon his helmet a great pity for the woman filled her heart so this girl had had to learn as she herself had done how cold were the english and how wrapped up in themselves and in each other she wondered what happened to the moorish maiden after the knight had fled did she die of a broken heart because she had loved in vain or did her father slay her because she had contrived the escape of his enemy and had allowed a christian to gaze upon the beauty of her face upon this point history was silent it only busied itself with the domestic affairs of the englishman in chronicling the ancestry of his highly respectable wife and the number of his commonplace children so handsome however was his marble effigy that fabia did not blame the maid for having loved him and beautiful indeed was the female head upon his crest beautiful somewhat after fabia's own fashion but there was no beauty in the face or figure of the woman lying by his side mentioned in the fading inscription on the tomb as dame philippa his wife hers was a stiff prim kind of face made still stiffer and primmer by the severe and hideous dress of her time and he had given up the moorish girl for a woman such as this how truly english of him said fabia to herself with a little scornful smile fabia wondered who this lady had been before her marriage perhaps one of the latimers of lusk or one of the bearers of some equally respectable old name which the english loved to conjure with for apparently to the typical british mind the glory of a long line of noble oriental ancestry was as nothing compared with the overpowering honour of being born a latimer of lusk or its equivalent then a change came o'er the spirit of fabia's dream and she began to envy this eastern maiden instead of pitying her envying her because it had been given to her to love another so much that her own happiness became as nothing after all there was something in this love which transfigured life and glorified death as nothing else could do and fabia had never tasted it never known for an instant what it was to love another better than herself she wondered if this had been her own fault or the fault of her circumstances she was too clear-sighted not to blame herself when blame was due but she was not sure in this case whether she deserved it she knew that she would gladly have loved if she could thankfully have merged her own life and happiness in the life and happiness of another but the power to do so seemed to have been denied her she could always look critically upon her friends who Ever they might be always see clearly the faults of those about her yet while she plumed herself upon her own open vision and despised the blind credulity of other people she could not help envying simpler women their unshaken and unshakable conviction that their own particular husbands were infallible and omniscient and that the judgment of those gifted beings on any and every subject under or even above the sun was absolute and final such perfect confidence in the other partner to the transaction would certainly very much simplify the difficulties of married life but where was fabia to find the man who could inspire her with such confidence in vain she ran down the list of possible husbands captain gaythorne was out of the question he was such a consummate fool lord wrexham had had rank and dignity but he lacked the magnetism of personal charm which to fabia was indispensable her cousin mccargee dominated her intellectually but he was wanting in that social prestige which in her eyes counted for so much gabriel carr possessed physical beauty as well as mental power but although she admired him more than any man she had yet seen she felt that there was an almost feminine quickness of perception and subtlety of thought about him which would always prevent her from acknowledging him as the superior power and cause her to regard him as an equal in the depths of her heart she knew that she longed to find her master she felt her very soul was crying out for the touch of a conquering hand and she knew further that if ever she did find such a one a man who would rule her absolutely with a rod of iron and would prove himself once and for all stronger than herself she could come to his call whoever and what ever he was and would submissively acknowledge in the face of all the world the divine right of such a thing there are two types of women in this world the woman who is seeking for her master and the woman who is seeking for her mate they are equally normal equally feminine there is no credit in being of the one sort no discredit in belonging to the other yet it behooves every woman to find out to which classification she does belong and to marry accordingly lest haply she should discover too late that she has chosen a prince to take the part of a playfellow or a comrade to wear the crown of a king for the last few weeks the friendship between fabia and the vicar of st etheldreda's had been growing apace carr had seized every available opportunity that he could snatch from his busy life to see miss vipart and fabia had made such opportunities as easy and as frequent as she could but the two regarded their friendship for each other from entirely opposite points of view to fabia gabriel was merely a man who attracted her and whom womanlike she meant to subjugate to gabriel fabia was the only woman in the world his life had been so busy and his mind so absorbed in his work that he had hitherto given but little attention to women and their ways he had dealt with their souls to the best of his ability but had not concerned himself much about their hearts he was intent upon preparing them wholesale for a home in heaven but it had never yet occurred to him to offer one of them a home on earth but when fabia vipart came and sang to him then suddenly the face of the whole world was changed nothing was as it had been before for him there were new heavens and a new earth fresh flowers bloomed around his feet unknown stars disclosed themselves to his view she seemed to touch his whole life as with a fairy wand and to turn the dreariest pathways into streets of gold they had talked much to each other and upon many things that is to say gabriel had talked and fabia had listened putting in the necessary word here and there to show that she understood and in thus talking carr had revealed his inmost soul to fabia and at the same time to himself for it is in talking to other people about ourselves that we rather than they learn what manner of men and women we are he believed that fabia had shown him what she really was and he was accordingly grateful to her he did not know that he had shown himself what he really was by endeavouring to show the same to her know thyself is advice worthy of being followed but we rarely get to know ourselves except by making ourselves known to others which accounts for the fact that the most reserved people are as a rule the people who are the least cognizant of their own failings and excellencies and carr had also learnt a great deal about fabia as well as about himself he understood far better than she did that her faults were the outcome of circumstances rather than of character he knew that she only wanted that master-hand for which at present she was vaguely groping to develop her into as fine a woman inwardly as she now was outwardly to make her heart and soul as admirable as her mind mind and body he recognized the passionate fiery loving nature at present hidden underneath the cold and bitter and sarcastic exterior and he knew that it only needed the kiss of the fairy prince to awaken the real sleeping beauty to life and love but there was one thing about her which he did not understand and that was the absence of any religious element in her nature the naturally unreligious woman is very rare but she nevertheless exists in most women the religious instinct is strongly developed and it is a good thing for the world in general that this should be so but there is a minority who are practically without this instinct altogether and this minority have to be reckoned with and their deficiency supplied the unreligious woman need not necessarily develop into an irreligious one in fact she not infrequently proves herself precisely the contrary but religion must come to her through the channels of her other attributes as she has no natural aptitude for it and these channels are usually found in her love for some good man or woman who becomes to her a messenger of the gospel of peace milton's eve was a woman of this kind or he could never have written the line he for god only she for god in him the naturally religious woman loves her husband because she loves god the naturally unreligious woman loves god because she loves her husband the modes may be different but the final results are the same but it is difficult for any man to realise that there may be a woman without this instinct altogether and gabriel made this mistake in his estimate of fabia's character he had discovered upon further acquaintance that she was not as absolutely perfect as he had believed her to be when first he heard her sing and he had also discovered that she was a far finer character than other people than even she herself gave her credit for being but he failed to understand the simple paganism of her nature he had no idea how utterly she was lacking in the religious element for some time he was torn asunder between his love for her and his devotion to his work then gradually he came to believe that the two passions were not as he had at first assumed opposed to each other that a wife would help rather than hinder him in following his sacred calling how fabia's great gifts rightly dedicated would aid in the great work of saving men's souls and bringing them to god he thought how the influence of her face and her voice would brighten the lives of many committed to his charge and how the comfort and happiness of her love and companionship would refresh and strengthen him for the fulfilment of the most strenuous and arduous duties that he could ever be called upon to undertake as this idea took possession of him gabriel's heart was filled with a great joy and he made up his mind to ask fabia to be his wife as soon as he thought she had known himself and his sphere of labour long enough to be able to make a wise decision he was fully aware that the lot he was about to offer to her was no bed of roses but he was also aware that it was not in the vapid amusements of a life of pleasure and gaiety to satisfy the cravings of such a soul as hers he had learnt that she was not as perfect as he had at first believed her to be but he had also learnt that there were possibilities of perfection in her as indeed there are in everybody although some of us are quick to hide them in ourselves and slow to discover them in others nevertheless in every man and every woman there is the germ of perfection which some day though neither here nor now shall develop into absolute fulfilment for god made man in his own image and if man could ever finally destroy the image in which he was made then would he prove himself greater than his maker it was an intense joy to gabriel to find that fabia and he would spend whitsuntide at vernacre together but keen as that temptation was he would not have accepted lord wrexham's invitation to leave his church and perish at one of the great festivals of the christian year had not his doctor told him that he had been working too hard of late and must make up his mind either to take a short holiday or to have a long perhaps a permanent one forced upon him later on so carr chose the lesser evil and went away from london when first he left town he went for a week or two to gaythorne manor then he came for whitsuntide to vernacre and after that he was going to stay with his mother for a month or two to complete as he hoped his cure but the fact that he was overdone and out of health made him turn to fabia and to all that she represented with increased eagerness he had never before realised how much he missed the feminine element in his life and lot until now he had believed his work all sufficing in health gabriel the priest had ever been stronger than gabriel the man but who shall blame him if in sickness the more human part of his nature came to the front the longing for love and tenderness and domestic bliss on that sunday afternoon he and fabia were sitting together in a secluded part of the garden and he was very happy in his need for human care and sympathy he gave fabia credit for qualities which she did not possess in the nature of most women pity is very closely akin to love the moment they begin to feel sorry for a man to realise that it is in their power to help and comfort him it is all up with them their hearts have already passed out of their own keeping perhaps they never love a man so much as when he has taken some remedy which they have prescribed and is all the better for it a husband who swallows his wife's remedies and recovers in consequence or in spite of them is the kind of husband who is most dearly beloved but with the woman whose soul cries out for a master rather than for a mate this is not so it is strength that appeals most forcibly to her not weakness and the less strong is a man either physically or mentally the less powerful is his appeal to her heart and sympathies she would be his devotee rather than his doctor his worshipper rather than his nurse miss vipart gabriel began i have something to say to you something which is of vital importance to me and which i have been wanting to say for a long time then why have you been a long time in saying it the question certainly was pertinent because though i wanted to say it i was not at all sure that you wanted to hear it ah fabia's expressed answer was monosyllabic but her understood one was quite the reverse there was a complete string of notes of interrogation in her beautiful eyes at that moment she possessed to perfection the charm of looking interested when a man was talking to her and perhaps that is the greatest charm that any woman can have it is the women who can listen that are the attractive women at any rate to the opposite sex they can talk as well if they like just enough at any rate gracefully to fill up the interstices in the conversation while the man is preparing his next remark but above all things they must be adepts in the art of listening If they wish to belong to that fascinating sisterhood who are colloquially described as men's women after all if we are to be perfectly candid with ourselves which of us goes into society to listen to what other people have to say except in so far as it suggests to us what to say next who wants to hear about the funny sayings of some other man's child except as a prologue to the recital of the far apter and wittier remarks uttered by our own more interesting and intelligent offspring we go into society not to listen but to talk though we are prepared to play the game and to listen or at any rate to keep silence while the other person is having his turn provided always that his turn does not last too long but there are some people who allow it always to be our turn and how popular how deservedly popular such people are of which deserving community was miss vipart encouraged by the notes of interrogation in his companion's eyes gabriel continued during the last few weeks a great change has come into my life i have learnt for the first time all that a woman can be to a man both as a help and an inspiration i have learnt how she can strengthen him when he is weak and uphold him when he is strong how she can heal him when he is sick and comfort him when he is sorrowful in short how she can be to him all that god meant her to be when he created her as an helpmeet for man and who has taught you all this mr carr fabia knew all the moves of the game you no one but you when first i heard you sing i had a faint glimmering of all that you could be to me if you cared and every time that i have seen you since this truth has grown brighter and clearer so now my beloved i come to ask you the greatest of all favours that a man can ask of a woman i ask you to be my wife fabia hesitated she did not love the man she knew that she did not but he looked so handsome as he proffered his impassioned appeal that his beauty was almost irresistible to her and then she wanted to be married to an englishman to have an assured position of her own he was poor but what of that she had money enough and to spare for both and although she did not love him she was nearer to loving him than she had ever been to loving any man yet as near in fact as she believed it was in her nature to be and he was so very goodly to look upon Fabia, my darling i am waiting for your answer and his voice as he spoke to her was as beautiful as his face i believe that i could make you happy and i know that you could make me more absolutely blissful than it has ever yet been any man's lot to be still fabia was silent and no sound broke the stillness save the hum of summer in the air my beloved won't you speak to me and tell me that at any rate i may hope urged the man after an interminable pause then fabius spoke yes i will marry you she said but only on one condition and she had not the faintest idea that her condition was in any way a hard one in fact she considered that it would be to gabriel's advantage as much as to hers and what is that my dearest though whatever it is it is already granted and he stretched out both arms to her in passionate longing i will marry you on condition that you will give up being a clergyman and come abroad with me there is no need for you to work as i have plenty of money and besides you are not strong enough for it we will say farewell to england for a time and travel everywhere and see the world together you and i she really felt that she could not endure the lot of a clergyman's wife in an east-end parish and she did not see why she should the outstretched arms fell limply to his sides he could not believe that he had heard aright what give up my orders i do not know what you mean but fabia continued unabashed thinking that she was asking but a very little thing i only mean that you must give up your work and live to enjoy yourself and to see the world there is so much to be seen and so little time to see it end and most people have either not the time or the money to see it at all but you and i will have both the time and the money and there is nothing that we will not see we will wander about at our own sweet will and will pry into all the secret places of the earth we will turn our backs upon this provincial english ignorance and will be as gods knowing good and evil she spoke with unusual animation for the picture she was drawing of their future life together fascinated her and the more she thought of it the more certain she felt that this was the lot which could make her happy far happier than anything which charlie gaythorne had to offer there was a Nomadic strain in her blood, a longing for the wild freedom of desert places, and the mere thought of the homestaying existence of the Gaythorns of Gaythorne fairly suffocated her. Yes, she went on. There is nothing that shall come between us and the fulfilment of our desires. Whatever we wish to do, that we will do. We will have no dreary english estate with its tenants and its responsibilities always dragging at our heels but like bacon we will take all nature for our province truly we will see the world and then when we have seen all that there is to be seen and are growing old and weary we will settle down in some southern place as beautiful as a dream and will drowse away the remainder of our days in the sunshine thus she spoke carried away by the vision that her own words conjured up and intoxicated by the thought of her coming happiness and as he listened gabriel's love for her fell dead at his feet slain by her own hand the intrinsic royalty of his priesthood rose up in his soul and spurned the base suggestion that had just been made to him gabriel the man was merged in gabriel the priest his love for the woman was extinguished in his scorn for the blasphemer who had thus dared to lay profane hands upon the very ark of god in his eyes they had ceased to be man and woman she was but the sacrilegious person had defiled the holy place and he was the judge and the avenger she had tampered with that which was dearer to him than life itself the sanctity of his priesthood and in so doing had placed herself for ever as far as he was concerned beyond the pale fabia he cried do you know what you are saying you tempt me to commit the unpardonable sin as glibly as you would ask me to walk across the lawn you have insulted me and defied the god whom i serve all is over for ever between us if you repent i cannot deny you absolution as a priest but i will never more grant you friendship as a man and he turned on his heel and left her fabia sat still for a minute as one stunned it was all so strange so unexpected but with her usual quickness of perception she at once realized what she had done she knew that she had offended gabriel past any possibility of reconciliation that all was over between them and she also knew that when the priest in him rose up and made him more than man he was for the first time stronger than she and was her master and that at that moment she had learned to love him just as she made this all-important and most disconcerting discovery who should come sauntering up but charlie gaythorne with a cigar in his mouth and a proposal in his eye no sooner did he espy the vacant place at fabia's side than he flung his cigar and his caution alike to the winds and set to work with all the dogged determination of an englishman and a soldier he succinctly and tersely conveyed to fabia's mind the importance of the compliment she was going to receive and for which she had every reason to be truly thankful charlie was not much of a talker as a rule but when he had anything to say he said it and this happened to be one of those rare occasions with regard to their respective social positions he extenuated nothing nor set down aught in malice he was too much of a gentleman either to brag about his own advantages or to underrate hers but he was also far too simple and transparent to hide from fabia what a magnificent opening he considered it for any woman to be invited to succeed his august parent as mistress of gaythorne manor and strange to say it was this very argument which at another time would only have roused fabia's wrath and scorn that on this particular occasion won the day she could see what a grand thing charlie thought it was to be mrs gaythorne she knew that charlie's world looked at things very much from charlie's point of view and she wanted to do something that would win for her the respect of other people and restore to her her own she was feeling hurt and lonely and there is no atmosphere so conducive to the acceptance of offers of marriage as the atmosphere of pained desolation gabriel's rebuff had left her sore and wounded to the death and she felt that she could not go on living unless something were done to bring her wounded spirit ease and this seemed the very thing that was needed as charlie's wife she would have an assured position and a devoted husband the two finest supporters possible for a female coat-of-arms true she did not love him and she did love gabriel but she was clever enough to know when a thing was beyond her reach wherein she was superior to the majority of her sex and too clever to waste her time in striving to attain the unattainable gabriel would never marry her now charlie would so she decided to marry charlie charlie of course was in the seventh heaven of delight it never occurred to him that he had anything or anybody but himself to thank for the success of his wooing he had not yet learnt that in many cases it is the hour rather than the man that is responsible for a woman's yes if a suitor will only time his opportunity correctly he can generally insure the advantage or disadvantage of being accepted gabriel meanwhile was engaged in a sore struggle with himself true his love for fabia fell dead on the spot when she trampled upon his highest ideals and his most sacred beliefs by asking him to renounce his orders for her sake but love even when dead is not obliterated but still requires decent burial and a suitable period of mourning carr's first impulse was to go right away from vernacre and never to look upon fabia's face again but reflection showed him that such a course though the most comfortable as far as he was concerned would be most uncomfortable for everybody else and would therefore partake of the nature of selfishness and gabriel had too much of the true woman in his character ever to be guilty of selfishness in any form he knew that it would upset things generally and most especially his host who was a regular old bachelor with regard to the inviolability of even the smallest plan if a guest who had arranged to stay until tuesday fled incontinently upon sunday afternoon and gabriel always more ready to consider others than himself decided to spare lord wrexham this avoidable agony moreover he felt that by making his speedy escape from the scene of his disappointment and disillusion he would put both himself and fabia in a false position so he decided to bury his own suffering out of sight and to behave as far as in him lay for the rest of his visit to vernacre as if nothing had happened in order that other people should not be made uncomfortable by his distress wherein he showed himself both a woman and a gentleman a most admirable, if rare, combination. End of chapter 9